0: There's a lot of, like, boing sound (laughs) effects thrown in. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's a lot of boing, exactly, Bethy.
0: to Watching Movies at the Bar, a podcast about bar movies and movie bars. I'm Bethy Squires, and with me as always is my co-skipper, Thomas Gravinsky.
2: Hi, everybody.
0: And also joining us today is the co-founder of the Squirrel Comedy Theater. You might have seen him on Broadway uh, on School of Rock. It's Michael Hartnate.
1: Hi. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>
0: I was so excited to have you on for this episode. We're talking about the Jungle Cruise. I think this is important to me that I have a fellow... I think it's it's safe to call you a Disney gay, a fellow Disney gay. Uh,
1: I prefer the term Mouse Queen, but yes.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Just another theme park head in the mix while we're talking about Jungle Cruise, because... I don't know what one would get out of this movie if you weren't all in on some of Walt Disney's fine array of products.
1: <laughs> Truly, what what a head scratcher if you don't have access to this intellectual property already. <laughs>
2: uh bethy you are fascinating to me because i for the longest time thought you were just an avowed disney head across the board but you are not you love the park and you love the weird business machinations but you're not a huge fan of the movies
0: correct i don't care about the cartoons um i like some of the live action movies because they seem like a sin against god and man (laughs) so that's cute Um, but I, yeah, I don't really care about, like, the entertainment products that Disney makes. I love the theme parks. I love all theme parks. And then I also stan certain, I stan the drama of Disney's corporate entity. So, like, all of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff with, like uh the eisner takeover i mean pushed out have you read Hiker. disney war uh i'm using disney war as part of my mic stand right now okay? no. i have a little yes. snowball mic and i have it's what are the books propping it up right now it's disney war the dorothy parker reader uh, a biography of edie sedgwick and mike myers's memoir
1: that's literally everything you are in four books that's incredible
2: <laughs>
0: That's not true. It doesn't have Fran Drescher's memoir in there.
2: <laughs> Bethy brings an expertise yeah. to this episode in the podcast at large that I I, I can't dream of having. <laughs>
0: um, I, I also feel like we should say at the front that this is a brunch time podcast record. Hmm. Uh, we're doing this the... Sunday morning after the Jungle Cruise premiered on Disney Plus, and we're just waiting for The Rock and Emily Blunt to sue about it. And I am drinking. Uh, It's not a mocktail because it does have Curacao in it, but it doesn't, it's not a full marg. I feel like I should explain the story. Like, a month ago, I wrote a article for Vulture when I was doing like a Sunday news blog about a, the rock couldn't get to his home gym because there was a bird eating a snake <laughs> blocking his path okay, so and and so I wrote it up. I was like, the rock ignores omens, tries to get to work because he like he posted he posted a hawk eating a snake, like a video of it on his Instagram and he kind of narrated it and it was like he's starting with the head. That's a great move. And I was like, okay, The Rock has opinions on how you eat a snake. Great to know. <laughs> so I wrote it up, and I think that there's, like, a publicist or something who has a Google alert for Terramana tequila, so that when my story published, and it was like, does the omen concern The Rock's tequila brand, Terramana tequila, in the article, it was like, this this journalist, with a capital J, cares about Terramana, let's send her a package whoa so i was given a kit from applebee's and dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> 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 that contained a 750 milliliter bottle of terra mana a the heaviest margarita glass i've ever owned i could kill someone with this thing it's so fucking heavy uh, and then, like, the stuff you need to make the two kinds of t- of margaritas that Applebee's is, like, partnering with The Rock to make. <laughs> and, like, a bar spoon.
2: <laughs> Bethy, we've been saying since the beginning that we thought it would take almost 15 episodes exactly to get Applebee's on board with this podcast. And that was that was what it took.
0: Finally. Finally. Here welcome home. We're part of the neighborhood now. <laughs> We're eating good. Um, So I did try Terramana. It's good. It's not as smooth as Casamigos, which is uh, George Clooney and Randy Gerber and their third silent partners, Tequila. But I recently... I didn't realize uh, Clooney
2: was Casamigos.
0: Oh, yeah. It's Clooney and Gerber. They're the amigos in Casamigos.
2: Wow. Fascinating.
0: (laughs) Um, But they sold it, and that's why... Was it last year or two years ago? George Clooney was the highest paid actor, but it wasn't for like he hadn't been in a movie since like 2016. (laughs) Um, But he was the highest paid actor because he had sold his tequila brand to like Imbev.
2: That's incredible. Wow.
0: Anyway, I've heard from a bartender friend of mine that Casamigos, everybody talks about how smooth it is, but it's just because they put a little bit of vanilla extract in it to trick you. I'm into that. That's the goss.
1: I would
2: try that. Casamigos is the liquor you drink when you're licking your wounds after making the hit film Suburbicon.
0: <laughs> or when you're really good chums with Cindy Crawford's husband. Just bosom friends. Mm-hmm. Pals, if you will.
2: Uh, so on the Jungle Cruise, they drink Casamigos tequila? Is that...
0: Correct. Yeah. That's why we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, So so is drinking her special, The Rock Tale. uh, There's this mom-and-pop coffee place down the street from my uh, apartment in Silver Lake. It's called Starbucks, uh, and I'm drinking their cold brew.
1: Excellent. I am having... um, There's an artisanal soda fountain Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) near my home in Sunnyside, Queens. So I'm having Coca-Cola
2: Zero Sugar.
0: Oh, how very health conscious. Look at
2: this guy bringing a Broadway exclusivity to the podcast. Always. <laughs> truly always.
0: <laughs> Before we get started on this wonderful film, uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Michael, about your relationship to watching movies in bars. This is a podcast about uh, if you are ha- hanging out at a bar and like see, for example, the live action Tarzan on TV and you're like, huh. Okay, Do you like to watch a movie in a bar? Have you ever done that? What's your vibe?
1: I have watched movies in bars. They typically are gay bars. So they tend to be gay movies. uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or movies with a gay sensibility. Um, So just, it's mostly us, like, it's never, the sound is never on. So it's usually just us screaming about outfits, screaming about hair screaming about like what clearly is an overdone line reading Mm -hmm. um so yeah when i watch a movie exactly (laughs) you can tell like oh she put way too much mustard on that hot dog
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's not enough mustard in jungle cruise could not agree more
0: (laughs) there were two actors who were seasoning their performances and then everybody else was just kind of there True story. But, and then what is your favorite cocktail to have at a bar? Your favorite beverage?
1: My favorite beverage. My favorite soft drink is Fresca. My favorite (laughs) alcoholic drink. You know, I tend to do like a, I like just a bourbon on the rocks. You know, if I'm feeling fancy, perhaps an old fashioned, that kind of thing.
0: I want to circle back to Fresca
1: mm,
0: because I feel like you have to seek that out. So, how does it become a favorite bit? When were you introduced to Fresca?
1: Fresca, this is—I uh, was introduced to Fresca in the mid aughts and um, I had heard of it. Like it's, a, you know, it's a good like punchline in film and television, mm-hmm. a la Shasta or Tab. Yeah. Um, but then I—I I don't know. Oh, why I got a fresca but I did and then I was like I'm going to seek this out and it turns (laughs) out that in New York fresca is fairly readily available Hmm. and I feel like maybe it's even more so since the mid-aughts when I started drinking fresca there was a little bit of a fresca shortage during the beginning of the pandemic which was (laughs) deeply troubling to me because it was like, if I can't wipe my ass or drink Fresca, how am I going to get through this? Those but, are the
0: two luxuries that civilization gives us. Exactly.
1: So. And now they're both back. So I'm sitting pretty.
2: <laughs> I feel like the Fresca shortage deserves retroactive coverage. I didn't hear anything about it. and uh, There was active no coverage.
1: Talking about oh, there was. This. There was at least one article about it because I truly, at the end of my rope, Googled... Where is all the dang Fresca? And there was very much an article about it.
2: In my head, I conflate Fresca and the soda that I really liked in the mid-odds, which I wonder if I have made up in my memory, Squirt. Oh, oh no, they're real. very similar. Squirt's great. I feel like squirt squirt's is maybe great. like a little more tart if memory serves, but, uh. Maybe yeah, it's
0: more grapefruit forward than Fresca.
2: Right. And I'm a grapefruit guy.
1: Fresca's a little subtler. Um, I le- also like Diet Squirt. That is my mother's favorite soda. Ah.
0: But you can't
1: find Diet Squirt here. You can find regular Squirt sometimes, but you cannot find Diet Squirt in New York City. It's a special order. I think
0: Squirt's like a is it southern or western you can find it here in California readily not so much fresca I think there might be some sort of like I think there's a grapefruit soda turf war going on (laughs) under our feet at all times that we just don't know about
1: yeah I I think I it definitely deserves more research
0: (laughs) so jungle cruise what did we think did we love did we have fun did we live did we laugh Uh. (laughs)
2: ugh (laughs) <laughs> so I I actually, you know, despite my better judgment, was kind of looking forward to Jungle Cruise. I think it is a genre that we get so it's a kind of movie we get so few of now. It's the big period adventure. It's like Indiana Jones or Romancing the Stone or something. But it's not good. Uh, and so it was that. It was also, I like Haume Colesera, the filmmaker. I think he makes good studio programmers. He makes like a Liam Neeson action movie a year, and they're always competent. This movie doesn't even have good action. There was nothing for me to sink my teeth into except for... Jesse Clemens who is actually having fun, I think. I, I don't think he's phoning it in. I think he's like, oh, I'm getting my Disney paycheck, so I'm going to fucking chew the scenery and be an unreal ham. And I loved watching that, but almost nothing else. Now, I, I was trying to
1: think, did I laugh? And as it, <laughs> I feel like is in some ways an action comedy, you'd think I would have laughed once. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I did. And then I remembered. I burst out laughing during the Disney studio card. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because as the mandolin starts playing, I realize, is this Nothing Else Matters? By fucking
2: Metallica? Oh my god, was that what it was? I wasn't even yes! paying attention. Yeah,
1: what? Yes! Holy shit. The movie shit. opens with...
0: It's crazy. And then I think they reprise it when they do the big flashback to the Conquistadors and their tragic backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Which means that I laughed
2: twice. (laughs) I think I laughed thinking about someone paying $30 on top of their Disney Plus subscription to watch this movie. I'm sorry if either of you did that. That was me. Bethy. <laughs> I went to the cinema, thank you. I went
1: to the fake IMAX that is not an IMAX on 42nd
2: Street. <laughs> I used my AMC A-list uh, subscription, so the stakes were very low for me.
0: Okay, everybody makes better business choices than Bethy. That's fine. <laughs> Bethy, I'm sorry to light
2: you up. That was very rude. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I also was hoping that I was gonna have more fun with this movie. I was hoping everybody was gonna have more fun with this movie. I was hoping Emily Blunt would have more fun, The Rock would have more fun, Jack Whitehall. I want I have a complicated relationship with Jack Whitehall. He's but... bad in
2: this. And you said <laughs> he's funny normally. I'm I'm not he's familiar with Jack Whitehall. Shows. Okay.
0: Uh, like he's a British guy. I want to bully him sexually. (laughs) You know, there's just some guys that you want to slap. Like, the way that I think it's uh, Louise on Bob's Burgers, her crush, all she wants to do is slap him. That's how I feel about Jack Whitehall, is I I wish to bully him sexually. He's a little twerp.
2: Jack, are you listening? (laughs) Are you listening, Jack. Now, I
1: this is my first exposure to Jack Whitehall. I think I've heard the phrase Jack Whitehall and <laughs> does he sometimes have a beard and looks I would dare I say handsomer than he looks in this movie?
0: Yes, he looks much better with a beard because it tricks you into thinking that there's a chin there. I
1: yes, exactly. It tricks you into thinking he has an entire face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and he very much does not have a whole face in this movie. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to the headlines about Disney's first ever gay character for the 70th time. Right. Uh, because this is yet another first Disney gay character. Truly one of the most shocking things in the film is when, he, not five minutes after he gives like a kind of, you know, emotional speech about him struggling with coming out. There is just a rat-a-tat-tat, double-entendre, butt-fucking, and cocksucking pun-off between him like and The Rock minutes. for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is actually so human. And also, can you believe how these gays are into dicks? It's bananas. <laughs> Fucking
2: wild. Yeah, his his whole admission that he's a gay man is just saying what, like, my interests lie elsewhere. And you're like, oh, oh we yeah. can't we can't give the audience more than this. It, I, 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 I was trying to decide whether it was more or less heinous. This one's actually funny. Do you remember the whole Avengers Endgame, We finally have a gay character in our superhero yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Were you privy to this, Michael? Oh yeah. So, so they're like they're like. Doing all of these interviews where they're like, you you guys get fucking pumped, man. We finally have a gay person in your superhero movie. And it's one of two straight directors, just like a throwaway line as an extra saying like, yeah, one time after I went on a date with a man, I then picked up my son from school. And like, that was, that was what, what they gave us.
0: Unnamed grieving man.
2: It's meager. Yeah. Unnamed, unnamed grieving, grieving man. man. <laughs> my husband was crushed by a building. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't even think they tied the knot. I think he went on one date with a man. And then oh, cool. He was oh. mostly into women. Oh, cool. Thank oh, God.
1: Thank God. God. Let's back him. off of it more. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think later in that scene, Jack Whitehall does say something like, all because of who I love. Which is, it, which is like truly... A, a centimeter beyond um my interests lie elsewhere. But yeah. yeah. They'll never and say then the, the word.
0: The rock cheers to elsewhere. Like they, they both like take a sip from something that's like to elsewhere. It's like, okay, great. It's the most progressive conquistador we've ever seen. We love it. Love to see it.
1: Love
2: to see it. <laughs>
0: There's so, there's, in some ways, there's so much to talk about. In other ways, there's so little to talk about.
2: I think there's plenty to talk about.
0: <laughs> well, it's like when I try and remember what happened in the movie, it kind of floats away from me. Ugh, yeah. I think part of it is because have, have CGI effects gotten worse? Did something happen? Or was it just because I was watching it on Disney Plus and like maybe the, the streaming bitrate wasn't good?
1: I, I mean, I do think the CGI in this movie is terrible. I think there's some good CGI. I think for the most part, they're like, yeah, we could make it perfect, but also, we could spend less money and time, and audiences will still come to this.
2: These live-action Disney movies just look so ugly. It's like Um, they have all of the money and resources in the world. It's The whole thing is so flat. I gotta say, though, I like Jungle Book. Oh, I like Jungle Book, too.
0: That one was an early one, though. I think it's incredible.
2: I like...
1: think uh, John Favreau is like, quite a technician in that way.
2: <laughs> that one's that one's really good. I think it works to a lesser effect in The Lion King. Much lesser effect. The, the Lion King, there is no anthropomorphic element to the creatures, so they all just have unexpressive, flat faces. They, like... Strip away all of the Busby Berkeley musical elements, and so you just have wide shots of cats like walking like this. Not for me.
0: We watched, after watching the um, Jungle Cruise, we w- watched George of the Jungle like to fall asleep <laughs> that same day. Infinitely more impressive film more pleasant to look at because it uses real animals <laughs> and like
2: they have sets and locations and production they just value. shoot in hawaii it's just yeah. all
0: hawaii like you can tell because it's the same dang hills from lost but i'm having a nice time seeing actual trees
1: um i feel like i should bring up the film jungle to jungle now because we needed Ooh. to name a fourth film with the word jungle in it
2: <laughs> jungle to Jungles. tim <laughs> allen right that's right
0: yeah, Pla- it's Tim classic. Allen and a kid who isn't JTT, but they just like tried to find like they cast a yes. lookalike. Yes, it was audacious.
2: Is there is there a movie where Jonathan Taylor Thomas plays plays like a feral child as well, or am I making this up?
0: He's in he's Tom Sawyer in Tom and Huck, but I wouldn't. He's not <laughs> in a jungle or right. even going to jungle in that yeah. one. All right. <laughs>
1: It's very Mandela effect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, he was in Sh- Shazam with Shaq. Or with Sinbad. Not Shaq, with Sinbad. Sinbad and <laughs> JTT were in a movie where they, the genie goes to the jungle. Yes.
2: Uh, I know we're getting in the weeds here, but my friend has a Jungle 2 Jungle joke that really kills me, which is that uh, if Jungle 2 Jungle came out today, it would be called Jungle 2 Video. Um, I I don't know. (laughs) I
0: I think that's funny. So let's try and explain the plot for people who don't feel like seeing this, but want to know what's going on. It's not Um, interesting.
2: It's not interesting.
0: Emily Blunt plays a, a woman. And everybody hates that about her
2: they she sure do
0: wants to cure all disease with a magical plant called the Tears of the Moon, so she has to steal a arrowhead from an expedition that was conducted by Dr. Albert Falls, who is a it's a big Disney character, Thomas. I don't know if you know about dr Albert Falls. I don't. So there's a waterfall in the Jungle Cruise, and it's one of the jokes that you have to say every time in the script, or else people will get mad at you for not saying it. Um, if you're a skipper, you have to say, these are the fabulous Schweitzer Falls, of course, named after famed explorer Dr. Albert Falls. And then you sort of move on with the rest of the tour and shoot a hippo.
1: I think that's a good joke.
0: It is. I love it. <laughs> that's one of the ones that I can I can stand behind. So she gets the arrowhead, goes to the jungle where we meet the rock, who is a very large fella. He's a skipper. He is a flimflam man. He's a con man. He has an elaborate uh, fake cruise where he, he creates fake danger for tourists. I liked that scene, the little exposition scene of, of his con of the tourists. That was cute. He tries to con her into going on his boat to find the tears of the moon. They wind up going together with Woman, The Rock, and Gay Comic Relief character. Meanwhile, they are being pursued by Jesse Plemons, who is playing Werner Herzog. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: He's in a submarine they're in a very bad boat you would think that one could catch up really quickly but no boat boat faster than submarine
2: the submarine keeps getting like stuck in in the shallow water uh that's why it's so far behind i think
0: yeah it's stuck in like banyan trees and stuff
1: there's not a ton of river subs to be honest <laughs> no.
0: No. it's not advisable
2: not usually a river faring vehicle <laughs> I will say, though, I was willing to throw logic uh, to the wind, because every submarine scene, anytime Jesse Plemons was on screen, the movie came alive. It's so silly um, that that's what I wanted to be watching.
0: Yeah. They get captured by natives. We think it's going to be a very rough Ooga Booga native situation. And I wrote in my notes, why on earth did they get rid of Trader Sam in the ride if... They're just going to do this in the movie. But then it turns out that the natives are in on the con.
1: It's a rug pull.
0: And they're all very nice. And Trader Sam is a woman. (gasps) Okay, mama. And we get an origin story for her hat. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out that the rock is a, a, an immortal conquistador. Oh my God. Can you believe this? It is, it is the
2: dumbest, most convoluted twist. It doesn't need to be there.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Hundreds of years ago, the rock's adopted brother, Aguirre, Aguirre the conquistador, uh, Decided to pillage the Amazon, but for a noble reason to save his daughter. So he's not all bad. <laughs> like, it's fine, guys. He wanted to save his sick daughter, but he got impatient. And so he slaughtered an entire village, and um, the medicine man of that village cursed him to be forever trapped in this accursed river. Uh, now he is a bunch of snakes, his friend is a bunch of roots. His other friend is a bunch of bees. And I think there's a fourth guy. Mud. I don't remember he's what his just thing mud. Was. Oh, he's a mud fella. That's right.
2: That shit sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: really thought it was going to be cool when Clemens um, is like spelunking into a giant underground cavern and starts talking to snakes. I was like, oh, is this movie going to get like really dark and weird and mystical? And then it just gets stupid. We get Bee Man and Mud Man. <sighs>
0: So, all three of these forces uh, are heroes. Uh, Bee Man and Mud Man and Jesse Plemons converge in the big set from National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets uh, to try and find this immortal flower. Who's going to get the key to eternal life? Who's going to get crushed by giant falling set pieces? You'll have to watch to find out. Who kisses? Not who you want to kiss. I'll tell you that. (laughs) End of movie. The wrong people kiss. End of movie. Wow.
2: If you're hoping for The Rock's first sexual chemistry in cinema history, you will not get it here.
0: No. I, Sorry
1: folks.
0: I need to talk about how little chemistry Emily Blunt and The Rock have. Like they almost seem like co-workers.
1: Yeah. yeah they almost seem like they've met. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, this movie is crazy.
2: I also think The Rock is woefully miscast in the movie. It it, it I don't I don't think he is the right person to play this role and it made me think a lot about this thing where in studio movies you cast someone based on value not on their rightness for the role and then you just get this weird i don't know clashing of star image and whatever this character is supposed to be
1: who could have done it who who's the who are you thinking
2: you know i don't think this movie is good i i don't think there's a lot on the page to work with but uh give me oscar
1: isaac though as the fucking immortal conquistador Oscar Isaac could be way better,
0: or honestly, like he plays this role already in two different larger Disney Sphere movies. But Benicio del Toro is always good mm. at playing a guy whose allegiances are shifty,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Like because he plays the collector for Marvel, and he plays. The collector in Star, Star Wars. Wars. yeah. <laughs> uh, just let him be the collector in this, too. Collect
2: He's great at being conniving and fast-talking. and I would rather Benicio Del Toro deliver the puns that The Rock delivers in this movie. The Rock is, like, smirking at the camera, like, can you believe I'm making jokes? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can, but they're not fun to listen to.
0: I appreciated that. I didn't mind how bad the puns were because... This is a theme park thing. Like, I think it's it's theme park and also wrestling and also vaudeville. There's, like, a, a direct line, a lineage, if you will, that The Rock is going into. Like, it's kayfabe. Like, you have to do the puns. It's part of the Jungle Cruise. But you have to telegraph that you know the puns aren't funny because that's also part of the Jungle Cruise. And you have to double down on them and it's like it's also part of it to see how many puns on the same topic you can do in like the same chunk of time you double down triple down quadruple down on these puns this is the art of being a skipper and i don't know if it's a worthwhile art but it is one that many people have studied
2: (laughs) right so the 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 conflict here is between making a watchable movie and fealty to the spirit of the source material
0: and also setting up the Society of Explorers and Engineers movie that's coming too. They want this movie great, to be great. the theme park. So there's going to be a theme park shared universe like an MCU of theme park properties is what they're hoping to do. And so they were they want this to be Iron Man. Well, them.
1: it's Van Helsing. I'm so sorry. It's actually <laughs> Van Helsing. <laughs> So. You think
0: that the theme park is gonna go the way of the dark universe?
1: I really do. I really, really do. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it did like a little bit better than they thought it was going to do at the beginning of the weekend. Now it's making like 32 million and not 25 million, but still doesn't seem like... This movie looks like expensive i don't know
2: Mm. the room i was in everybody was like laughing right on cue and having a great time and i felt like an alien (laughs) wow that's interesting 12 noon on a saturday in burbank though i think is like that's the the crowd you're going to get yeah yeah
0: so to explain a little bit more about this theme park shared universe thing that's happening um (sighs) they want To adapt as many of the the rides into movies as they can. And they're also making a TV show about this thing called the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which is a little bit of, it's this like lore that only exists in like some restaurants in the theme parks and like some, if you know where to look, you're like, that's a hat of a very famous guy. In the Jungle Cruise. You can point to be like that's that is Doctor Henry Mystic's hat, guys. Aren't you excited to see Doctor <laughs> Henry Mystic's hat? That's Mary Oceaneer's oar right by the Dole Whip, guys. Anyone who cares? Just me. Great. Great. Um, so they're making a TV show about that, about the oars and the hats that you can point to in Disneyland.
1: True. That's a true yikes.
0: And, and I will so watch. Whole, yeah, <laughs> I, I will watch. I I watched. The Rock's Imagineering show in preparation for this, too.
2: I didn't even oh. know that was a thing.
0: I wish
1: so I wish this thing was so much better, because the Imagineering story is, like, uh, so good. So the Imagineering the show, story is good. So good. So then there's this show called Behind the Attraction, where, like, each episode is beh- about the backstory of one specific attraction. So I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be the Imagineering story, except they're going to go even deeper. No. It's just the equivalent of, like a youtube fan video of one
0: of these rides
2: oh no it's It's like pop-up
0: video for for each ride and they have like interviews with like important imagineers so you do find out stuff that you wouldn't know if you didn't watch it but there's a lot of like boing (laughs) sound effects thrown in
2: yeah There's a lot of Boeing, exactly, That sounds, a good version of that is really exciting to me. I know I read probably more tepid than either of you on this stuff, but I love Disneyland. Like, I went a ton as a kid. Um, And even going now, all of my cynicism melts away. I would love to see how these things came to be. Something like Pirates of the Caribbean, I would love to uh, be a fly on the wall for the creative process with all of the problematic choices with the original ride.
0: (laughs) Oh, Uh, I can (laughs) spin a yarn for you. Yeah. And point out the one real skeleton that's still there.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. That's dope. <laughs> Watching this was was interesting to me, though. Like, uh, as much as I like this filmmaker, clearly he's ill-suited to the material. But, like, Gore Verbinski made the Pirates movies. The first two, at least, I think are incredibly entertaining. He's also still got those chops. Like, if Disney wants to make these movies, why don't they just give Gore Verbinski a fuckload of money to make them? Because he's good at it. I buy that the guy yeah. who makes rango and like obviously the lone ranger is like uh, offensive uh and and uh its expiration date conceptually in a lot of ways but like it's well made why doesn't he make this movie
1: <sighs> that's a good question
2: maybe he doesn't want to that's probably it
0: well, i think part yeah. of it is just that this is not in some ways this isn't a disney movie this is a the rock movie He's, like, a producer on it. He helped produce this behind the attraction show. Uh, you'll notice that he gets punched, like, three times and, like, barely reacts to it because I think nobody can beat the rock in a fight rules still apply. Like, the Fast and Five conflict rules are still going, but he even can't do, like, a uh, whoops, fall down, like, get knocked out by a woman gag take like they won't even do that he just has to go like good punch when he gets punched by emily blunt
1: yeah it's um it is i it is a rock movie more than it is a disney movie in many ways uh another way it is not like a disney movie at all is there's a scene with multiple pukings yeah including
2: a jaguar Spoiler alarm!
1: Yeah, don't show me pu- don't show me human puke or feral cat puke in a Disney <laughs> movie ever. Are you kidding me?
0: Does it help that at least the CGI jaguars puke is CGI?
1: I guess it mitigated it somewhat, but artistically, <laughs> it was a real flop.
0: <laughs> Jesse Plemons also said shit right before he died in German, but there was he did
1: say Shiza. yes that's true
0: I do want to talk more about Jesse Plemons and his choice to to just have fun with it I think that's cool I do think he is doing a Werner Herzog impression which I'm not mad about it makes sense (laughs) for the source material but again Werner Herzog is in the Disney family twice over he's in two Disney properties he's in the Mandalorian and he's in the Simpsons so they could have got him maybe
1: they maybe could have
0: could have been a cameo. Werner Herzog is in the Explorers Club, going, hmm, could be fun. Yeah,
1: hobnobbing with Paul Giamatti, who
2: certainly is not wasted in this role at all. I love seeing him. I can't believe he's only in two scenes, but I guess like Giamatti probably didn't want to be on for more than like a week of shooting. So that's absolutely yeah. that's. A- a- but here's
1: here's an. Ad- This will attest to the magic of the film. Was I spent a lot of time sitting in the film thinking about that? Like, oh, he probably (laughs) only wanted to shoot for a few days. Like, this is going through my head when, like, exposition is happening.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But I love seeing him happy when he shows up. I also can't believe Edgar Ramirez is the kind of, like, thankless Aguirre role. Edgar Ramirez to is an see. amazing actor, and yeah. uh, it just feels like a waste.
0: It was I agreed. It was a shame, and the fact that most of the time he doesn't get to use his own face—it's just whatever, like the computer mapped him. He's he's having to Andy Circus, which is a different muscle set, I think. Totally you have yeah. to like really gurn your face, and and so it underserves.
2: Yeah, Edgar Ramirez is such an incredible physical actor. I mean, he, like, makes this six-hour Carlos epic with Olivier Asayas, and, like, it's just this crazy transformative role. And then you see him in Jungle Cruise, and like you said, he's just over with CGI.
1: Oh,
0: He's mostly snakes. It's so...
1: Once it got to that... Well, here's something. I peed... <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I came back, and it was a fight with a bunch of mud people and snake people. And I was like, oh, I missed their introduction. But truly, that's when I was like, okay, this is a full miss for me, this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when it
2: totally lost me as well. Yeah. I think
0: that might have been when it lost me too, partially because I thought that was like too many weird monster guys to introduce. Like, pick one thing. We're all snakes, we're all roots, we're all bees, not mud. Mud guy is a pass for me. (laughs) But it was really a little bit too busy. They're already shooting all the fight scenes so close because they don't want to have to think about coverage.
1: Yes, it's so visually busy.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Which is a bummer because, again, I think um, Cole Serra is a pretty good action director and it's just lost here. But maybe it comes back to it being a movie where you're just servicing the rock, you know? Maybe he just kind of phoned it in because there were too many restrictions
0: it could have been a thing that you know. This movie was announced at the last D twenty three. Did it get finished shooting before COVID? I imagine so. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would. I would also imagine so.
0: Okay, I was trying to find another like reason for why the action was shot the way it was.
2: No, all of they're they're all shot like this. The, the recent crop of Disney live action movies are, are all ugly and bumbling.
0: It's very strange.
2: I feel like we've been very negative. Let's 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 run it back a minute, Beth, You said you wanted to talk about Plemons more. Were there moments for either of you or sequences where you thought the movie might be good? What is what is a bit of Jungle Cruise where you thought you might be on board? Because I I think I have one.
0: Uh, for me, it was that first scene where we introduce the Rock and he is conning a bunch of tourists. That worked for me. I love a flim-flam man. I wrote in my notes, I love a flim-flam man. I liked, it was a good way to honor the ride. I thought that was done well. I liked that, again, that the the indigenous people were in on the con. I thought that was cute. In that scene, a little bit less so later. I thought maybe that could be something.
2: Yeah. I also I liked the scene with the indigenous people. That to me felt like them uh doing the like Mandarin Iron Man 3 flip again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It it works. Why not why not try it again? Yeah, I was into that. A
1: scene I liked was even though I've already talked about the uh the weird double entendre portion of this scene as something I did not like, when Emily Blunt has to take the sword out of the rock that is when i felt like emily blunt showed one glimmer of any kind of personality whatsoever and i don't know it just felt like the movie like woke up comedically just a tiny bit in that
0: scene it's a property that doesn't get used enough about like immortal characters something i've said many times before probably to both of you at different times the one of the best things about the vampire diaries is
1: the way <laughs> right, that they, is back
0: <laughs> the way that that show utilizes the fact that vampires can't be killed so if they if for some reason you want a vampire character on that show to not be around for one particular conversation you break their neck they so they're like they're just sort of like knocked out for the rest of it you just sort of you just break their neck and you move on with your life if you want to briefly immobilize them you like stab them or shoot them or put like a stake really close to their heart but not quite make it and then they're like oh it was a new shirt and then you just sort of don't think about it beyond that the to actually think about the logistics of being immortal but still physically vulnerable is fun and more people should do it
2: I I I think that sounds great. I still have to watch the Vampire Diaries. You've pitched this so many times to so many different guests. Uh, I feel like it is my duty to watch it. Uh, I will not watch it.
0: That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to watch the first like season, and then it's like the first two seasons, and then it's no good. But there is a YouTube video, Jenny Nicholson Explains the Vampire Diaries. It's a two-hour YouTube essay, but I feel like that is required viewing. It's fun. Wow. Break it up.
1: My friend L.A. Huff, I think, recurred on it on Vampire Diaries, and that was not enough to get me to watch. So,
0: who knows? It's a tough sell. That's fine.
2: Uh, to bring it back to our favorite movie, Jungle Cruise, there was a 15 minute run of this movie where I thought I was gonna like it. I I didn't I didn't like it at the top. I felt like it was poorly directed. I didn't like Emily Blunt stealing the arrowhead and the way they staged all of that action. It was just very boring and flat it was to me. The
0: mummy library scene again, also.
2: Yeah, it had done, done better in The Mummy. Um, but there is the scene where they're about to embark and suddenly this submarine emerges in the shallow harbor and Jesse Plemons pops out of the top with a giant fucking chain gun and he's just like <laughs> shouting goofy stuff with his German accent and they're chasing each other around this little harbor in a way that like doesn't really make sense but it's like kind of kinetic and fun. I liked that. It was really absurd. Mm -hmm. If the rest of the movie had been kind of like in that mode, this like goofy cat and mouse chase, like that would be fun. I agree.
0: I think we've said this before. It was trying to serve too many masters. It's trying to be a rock movie, it's trying to set up a theme park, shared universe films. It has the tone that ever since Disney bought Marvel, every movie is a Disney Marvel movie. Of, like, everything we're doing is so important. Right. This, like, import thing that I don't think serves even half of the Marvel movies.
2: I totally agree. Agreed. Imagine if this was just fun. Imagine if it didn't have, like, the huge mortal stakes, but was just, like, this treasure hunt with crazy Jesse Plemons. Like, that would have been enough. You don't need the immortality and the crazy historical angle. Crazy question. What if people went on a jungle
1: cruise... And stuff happened on it.
0: Could be fun.
1: What if it was literally just that?
2: I like your take on Jungle Cruise as an IP, Michael.
0: (laughs) Just be people on the trip. (laughs) Here's what I'm missing from the Jungle Cruise movie. The thing that I found like annoying as a kid when i was on the jungle cruise was the idea that this river is every single important river in the world i was like that's insane they can't you can't go from the asian jungle to the african jungle to the but what if what if you went in a jungle that was for some reason connected to every jungle what if it was all of the jungles could be fun great
2: watch that movie Great, that's fun. I mean, the the movie is here. Like, if you had The Rock as this skipper, and you have all of these wealthy travelers with their various idiosyncrasies on his boat, and yes. it starts out with all of these fake threats, and then suddenly the weather There's gets bad, or they get caught in the rapids, and then yeah, it, it, everyone's dealing with that, and it's, it's this kind of like Quest. weird ensemble. It's it's so easy. Why did it have to be so fucking convoluted? No idea. No did idea. anyone did either of you sorry, did either of you squeal? Sorry, there are so many Jungle Cruise spoilers here, but did either of you squeal when the rock turns into a rock?
0: I didn't. I didn't okay. think about it for even one second.
2: Yeah, I was not really into anything happening in the movie, so that was all that registered for
1: me. I did not squeal because I knew in my heart that he would only be the rock for one second. Right.
0: Yeah, so I think I didn't. I didn't take time to register that that was a physical pun.
1: Yeah, I also did not understand that it was a fully a pun. I, I don't think but they thought it was funny. That's because literally four thousand things were happening in frame at that moment. So yeah, it's too much. Too much.
0: I think part of the problem, like the reason it couldn't be as fun of a movie, is because part of the thing that they're serving is they're trying to like make okay for twenty first century audiences the whole idea of most jungle adventure movies which is like two two white people against nature and nature includes indigenous people (laughs) how how are they gonna beat the odds which has always been a part of like the jungle cruise is essentially based on the african queen the ride is right and then they keep referencing agirai the wrath of god in this movie.
2: (laughs) Which they don't need to do.
0: No, it was... I shrieked when they were like, ever since Aguirre, like in the opening narration, they said Aguirre, I like, I lost my dang gourd. Especially because Metallica's
1: playing underneath at the time.
0: (laughs) And Jack Whitehall's narrating it. So the way that they have to sort of thread a needle of, well, we have to include natives... Because they're in the ride. But we can't make them the bad guys, because that's not cool. So we have to find some bad guys. Who's bad in the jungle? Oh, conquistadors. Oh, but we want to set this way later. I guess the conquistadors <laughs> have to be immortal. Uh, Like, I, I understand how they got there. And I don't know if there's an- another way to do it. Besides my pitch of making one jungle all of the jungles. But... I appreciate that they were trying to negotiate with the past of this genre. I I see what they were doing, and I admire the effort there.
2: I sort of do, but it's all just so surface level. And I feel like any time they try to do something really progressive in these movies, it just feels kind of empty and, like, affectation, and I don't know. I don't... I don't really respect any of it on a corporate level. (laughs) I hope Scarlett Johansson gets her money.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Honestly, I also hope she gets her
1: money. Team Scarlett, this one time. (laughs) In
0: this one time. For the first
2: time, yeah, yeah, yeah. First time since Ghost World. Yeah, truly. No,
0: I was on Team Scarlett for her Tom Waits cover album.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That feels right.
0: It this whole thing reminds me of how they recently like refurbished the Jungle Cruise rides on both coasts here in Disney yes. World and Disneyland, and one of the things they did in Disneyland, I think they did it in World 2, was they changed this one animatronic, where it used to be there's a rhino and there's like a giant pole, and four or five porters that are like taking this one white safari guy through the jungle are all climbing up this pole and a rhino is like menacing them. So it goes uh, rhino at the bottom. And then this guy's climbing up to get high is like a porter. And then this guy climbing up is a porter. This guy at the very top is the one white safari guy who is like the reason that they're all there in this situation of peril. And like the... The faces that they sculpted for the porters are unquestionably racist. Like, those are bad caricatures. But I liked the sort of social commentary of the one white guy on top, and then he has four like porters that he has hired to be in more danger than him, between him and the actual danger of the rhino. They have changed it now so that it is a diverse coalition of uh, explorers... (laughs) who are getting menaced by the rhino. So there is a, 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 a Latinx painter who is there and a Japanese entomologist and, and then Mary Oceaneer at the, not Mary Oceaneer, Uh Alberta falls at the very top of it. Wow. Um, so it's like, they've, they've updated it so that now it's, it's like a rainbow coalition of people getting menaced by this rhino. <coughs> And the one at the top is smiling really big for some reason. And it's like, aren't we all happy to be here in nature? As opposed to before, where there was like kind of maybe unintentional, but kind of like social commentary built into that joke.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the joke is now slightly softer. <laughs> <laughs> it's bold, it's bold, but.
2: Am I wrong, or is Jungle Cruise historically a less popular Disneyland attraction? I feel like when I would go to the park, like, Indiana Jones would have, like, a crazy line, and Jungle Cruise you would be able to get into relatively quickly. Is is that accurate? Is that inaccurate? My experience,
1: certainly at Disneyland, because in Adventureland... uh, it's an embarrassment of riches at Disneyland and Adventureland because it has both. It has pirates, Indiana Jones, and um, uh, Jungle Cruise. Or wait, is pirates in? Pirates
0: you know, is New they're Orleans They're all in Square. Adventureland. It yeah.
1: is in New Orleans Square. That's never mind.
0: Also, you're forgetting Tarzan's treehouse. I
1: sure, <laughs> cer- <laughs> I certainly am. As is America. Formerly Swiss Family Robinson,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah.
1: still Swiss Family Robinson in Disney World. Oh, okay. But in any case, I personally find the Jungle Cruise lines are always too long for how good the Jungle Cruise is.
0: I would agree with that.
1: I think they're usually they hover around forty to forty five minutes. I ain't waiting forty to forty five minutes for these for what might be a very bad skipper and frequently is. <laughs>
0: Which is still like half of the the wait time for Indiana Jones if you don't have a fast pass. So it like it isn't the most popular in Disneyland by far. But there are people who are obsessed with it Hmm. Um, because there's people who are obsessed with every single ride at Disneyland, except maybe like Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. I don't think anybody's riding hard for that.
2: That one's kind of cool, though.
0: It's kind of cool.
2: I think it's underrated. I might be with Michael here.
0: I think it's kind of cool. I'm not, like, it's just, like, not that high on the list. I do like the train more. You know, Mm. see me. Fair. All
2: right, so Beth Beth is not thrilled by the Roger Rabbit ride. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, by far the most controversial thing we've said so
1: far. (laughs) Actually, True. Um, there are two things that I just want to make sure I get out about mm-hmm. my observations of the 2021 film Jungle Cruise. <laughs> uh, one is the flashbacks to Rock as a conquistador with hair also made me burst out laughing we because <laughs> he looks exactly like Opera Man.
0: Whoa. <laughs>
1: Both he and Adam Sandler, it turns out, have those like frown lines. <laughs> so when you give The Rock a, an Opera Man wig, he looks like Opera Man. Insane.
2: That's an incredible idea. I was like, I cannot
1: believe it is supposed to be a truly like emotional beat in the movie. And all I could think about was Fergie, Fergia, Nippola, 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 Nippola. <laughs> That's all I could think. Of. Incredible. The other thing, and this is crazy, Do um, do either do, have either of you seen Moana?
0: I've seen Moana. I have
1: seen Moana. Okay, so I don't know what your feelings are about Moana. It happens to be, and I've really thought about this, my favorite Walt Disney animated film. Wow, wow. I like it.
2: I, I liked it quite a bit, but I only saw it the one time in theaters.
1: I saw it and immediately was like, it is my favorite, but I can't, that can't be because it's recency bias. It's been years now. I've watched it many times. It is empirically my favorite. Um, this movie has so many things in it that happen in Moana too. And it is fucking crazy. The Rock helps a spunky woman In a boat down this this incredible journey where they keep facing different obstacles and different people who want to kill them. The Rock in both is, like, imprisoned by his own immortality. They are both after the exact (laughs) same talisman thing. And then when they finally get there, they realize the talisman is actually different, presented differently than it appears on its surface. And then they put the talisman into a rock face and it glows and transforms and plants grow. In both movies! Yeah.
0: They're both (laughs) movies about the rock helping a lady on an adventure that we later find out he is the cause of the mushigash of why yes! we're even here in the first place. And that there's a fancy stone that turns out to be a heart both times. In both!
2: And Moana, Moana is beautiful to look at and, and very well made in a way that yes. Jungle Cruise is not. That's what's so shocking to me, is
1: that so many Moana-like things happen in this movie, and I hate it. And I love Moana.
0: And the sidekick guy in both is played by somebody who Bethy is fond of, uh, Jack Whitehall or Alan Tudyk, both underutilized in their roles. There you go. What's the name of the bird? Hey, hey?
1: Solid character actors. The bird is hey hey
0: hey hey. Have you seen that video of him doing the voice for a hey hey, and then just pausing briefly and staring straight at the camera and said, "I went to Juilliard," and then going back <laughs> to making chicken noises. Yes.
2: <laughs> I gotta watch that. This is making me want to watch <laughs> Moana again because when I went to see Jungle Cruise, there was an experience I hoped to have that I did not have, and I think that watching Moana would fulfill that expectation. I wholeheartedly endorse this.
0: I think we've said it all, really. <laughs> <laughs> After realizing that it is, like... Because I had noticed some things that felt borrowed, like the the ladder fight from the mummy and the rapidly draining ancient set from National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets and the uh, you-can-only-save-one, what-are-you-going-to-do-about-it from tomb raider live action 2001 and or this one episode of xena warrior princess like the 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 climactic battle of this really reminded me of this one episode of xena
2: (laughs) the the movie is so clearly a composite of better things but uh michael more brilliant than either of us sees that the entire thing is also ripped from
0: (laughs) one of disney's other
2: properties poaching themselves
0: they're getting high on their own supply Jeezy crazy my mind is blown thank you so much for coming
1: (laughs) you're welcome thank you so much for having me i could not wait to talk about how the jungle cruises working title should have been worse moana (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: uh where can people find you online They can find me
1: at Michael Hartney on uh, Twitter and Hartney Michael on Insta and TikTok. And for info on the live shows I'm doing and classes I'm teaching, uh, you can go to thesquirrelnyc.com.
0: Wonderful. Um, Thomas, where can people find you? Um,
2: You can find me on Twitter at uh, handsome underscore pal. Bethy, what about you? Do you have social media? Does the show have social media?
0: Yeah, the show is at MovieBarPod on Twitter and at MovieBar underscore pod on Instagram. Oh, ah, I'm gonna have
2: to follow those.
0: <laughs> I'm BethyBSQU on Twitter and Bethy Squires on Instagram. And I'm still kind of mad that Emily Blunt is blonde in this. I think it took some of her power away. Yes. Let Emily Blunt be a brunette
1: letter.
2: And now for our new weekly sign off. Jungle Cruise is our favorite movie. Woo! <laughs> Watching movies at the bar is edited by Colin Jenkins with show art by Lindsay Farrell and that theme you hear at the top that's Quentin Mulligan.